Welcome to the Post Victory Formation Podcast. Tune in every week to hear Mike and Kyle's thoughts about the news around the league. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Post Victory Formation Podcast. We are wrapping up week number 15 in the NFL season. Hard to believe we're already getting down. We got three weekends left of regular season football. Mike, what do you want to hit on first? Kyle, up first would be the Buffalo Bills, second in the AFC East. They had quite the shaky start to, you know, at the beginning of the season as they normally do. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen is, of course, leading the NFL in touchdowns by a decent margin. They destroyed the Cowboys. The only reason the Cowboys got 10 points were pretty much pity points. Um, They did. They beat the Bills or not the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, The Bills almost beat the Eagles. They blew out the Jets. I mean, they're starting to become something later on. Which, as I said, they do this every year. Um, I, I don't know. Do you do you see them as a juggernaut? Because everybody's like, some people couldn't believe they beat the Cowboys. Some people knew it because of the trends they've showed in other years. Sean McDermott seemed like they were just going to go in there and torch them. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know if they're a juggernaut per se, but I think. I think the offense kind of taking a step back, utilizing James Cook more. Of course, we had the OC change a few weeks back. Do you think I that think, was a big part of it? I, 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 Not to cut you off. That's about when things started to turn around and they become, became more of a balanced attack. I think that's a big part of it, honestly. And, you know, they have not had, <clears throat> excuse me, portion of the schedule they're in has not been the easiest sledding like you said they had the uh they had the eagles and they lost a a a good game 37 34 they're able to turn things around though uh last week and beat the chiefs and we know the chiefs aren't the chiefs of old per se but it's still the kansas city chiefs they're they're a good team and then go out this week and just manhandle the Cowboys. And Josh Allen came out this week and said, you know, he felt like the guy that was in the group project and he didn't contribute much and he still got an A. I mean, he did not do – he was 7-15 to 15 for 94, 94 yards and a touchdown. They really leaned on James Cook, and you had two James Cook rushing touchdowns as well as or well you had two James Cook you had one rushing touchdown he had he the one was uh uh the only touchdown thrown by Josh Allen to James Cook and then you also had a Latavius Murray run so the Bills becoming a more balanced attack I think that's why you're starting to see things turn around I mean they're not relying on Allen as much if Allen's not throwing the ball as much, then he's, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for him to throw interceptions that way. So, juggernaut, no, but 
I look at their remaining schedule. I mean, they they've got the Chargers and the Patriots, which you know those are favorable matchups for the Bills. And then they they got a tough one at the end of the year against the Dolphins. But yeah, I I think the I think the Bills are sitting pretty good to grab one of these wild card spots in the AFC. Love it, love it. I'm glad you brought up the Dolphins really quick. As I said before we started the podcast, you were going to say something was going to sidetrack me. Kyle, Dolphins lost to Mr. Will Levis week 14. Was this just, yes, we needed did. this punch in the mouth again? Blew the Jets out 40 to 30 like they did when they beat the Broncos 70 to 20. Was this just kind of a get back on track because – I think they have the hardest schedule left. Cowboys, Ravens, Bills, or or they have one of the top's uh, hardest schedules left. Uh, did they need this to get back on track? Is is that what this this punch out was without yeah, Tyreek Hill? The parity that we see in the league now, you're not going to give have a team go seventeen and zero. You're not going to have a team go sixteen and one. You're going to be hard pressed that one ever go fifteen and two again. No, it's Mike. You see strange results every week in the NFL. I mean, shoot, the Lions lost to the Packers a few weeks ago. Oh God, here so, we go. And they and they lost to the Bears. I mean, good teams lose to bad teams every week. So I don't think, you know, Fuck if I'm you. In, if I'm I love the nonchalant dig. I'm not. Sorry. I'm not freaking out about. Uh, I'm not freaking out about the Dolphins losing to Will Levis and the Titans. They got things, like you said, they turned things around this past week against the Jets. They killed Zach Wilson. And now they're moving on. Like you said, this last, these last three games, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Two are at home is the only saving grace. Three. Yeah, that's going to be three must-watch games, though, in my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what else is a must-watch game? Packers versus Panthers, since you want to dig on it all day. Anyways, rolling on to the next one. Booty one versus booty two. Oh, here we are. Kyle, speaking of you knocking out the Packers on everything, Michael Pittman got knocked out the other day with he quite... Did. A vicious hit from DeMonte Kays. There's been reports like everybody freaking out about DeMonte Kays' hit, and then other people are like, everything can't just be looked at on the defense, and everything can't just be looked at on the offense. People need to use common sense and, and, and see how both parties were involved. Ball placement, you know, could he have done something in the catch? I don't think he could have. Was DeMonte Case just out dead right targeting? I don't think he was either. I think it was a vicious hit. Do I think he needed to be – I mean, he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, they 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 kicked DeMonte Case out. He's suspended for the, you know, the entirety of the season. I know there's not much left, but still it's kind of a kick in the teeth. Do you – I mean, what what are, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think a hefty suspension would have been a better route? 
I didn't see the hit. I only saw the replays. So I I I only knew of it after the fact. And yeah, like you talked about some of the national pundits, and I think there's an element of truth. That was not was not a good pass by Gardner Minshew and Pittman. You know, he laid himself out there to catch that, which really you know accentuated the situation and caused the hit to be as severe as it was. Personally, I I would be surprised to see the suspension stand. I I could see it being reduced to maybe a one game suspension this coming week for the Steelers and then he's he's back for the final two games. But I think the end of season, you know, suspended until the end of the se- season reaction is a little bit overkill in my mind. I mean, it's football. It's just like how we went to the uh what's that? I don't Pro Bowl. It's fucking flag football now. It's you got to let them play because I mean, it who's the uh reporter for ESPN? Uh the old Pittsburgh quarterback back in the day won the Super Bowls. Bald. Help me out here. Terry Bradshaw. Um Terry Bradshaw was talking about like he works for Fox or whatever. I was how, never going to guess. I was never going to guess that. Well, I figured, you know, Pittsburgh Super Bowl rings you were going to catch on. But uh, Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady, everything, they were talking about how some of the crazy hits that they got, they were targeting stuff like that and some even some defensive play. Like I mean, they they were talking about how everything used to be so much more fast paced and so much more hits and everything like that. And I know that was back then we're trying to cover, you know, watch for CTE and stuff like that. So, you know, concussions and everything, but we brought it up earlier this year. I feel like, or in the off season, I feel like this stuff is starting to go to flag football. Those hits are going to happen. There are people out there that are sick and are going out there to break someone's leg and are going out there to hit people. Like I get that. Yeah. That, yeah, you got to look at all you, you got to look at all elements. Again, like I said, he's he's diving out there to catch a poorly thrown ball. That's on Gardner Minshew too for putting his quarterback in that or putting his wide receiver in that situation. And we've seen this, you know, we've seen this with other quarterbacks too where they'll put their well they'll put their receivers in bad situations which leads them to get hurt. I think there, it needs to be an objective review. You sit down with a bunch of players. Maybe if you've got, like, let's say for this example, Mike, let's say Kays gets suspended the rest of the game. That, like, just in-game, they see it. They say, yup, not a good hit. He's out of here. You go, you have, like, a review panel, ex-players, you know, you get one from offense, defense, or a couple from offense, a couple from defense, however you want to do it. Guys that have been in the, in the league, they know the situations. They know, they know how plays break down. Look at, the, look at the plays that require disciplinary action on the field, i.e. getting ejected, and then make a decision from there. I think the one thing that kind of uh sped up this process of deciding to suspend him the rest of the year is the fact that he had had a couple warnings prior to this so he's got kind of that repeat offender status 
to him, and that definitely did not help his cause. But I think it's a knee-jerk reaction from the NFL overall. So you think it's going to get dropped at all then? Is what you're thinking? Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll see him. He'll be out this week, and I could see him coming back for the final two games for whatever that's worth for the Steelers because they they seem like a dead organization overall. All right, Kyle. And then I gotta ask, how thrilled were you watching the Lions game? Because I know you were just tickled pink, and I gotta bring it up just for our listeners. But that was a I, big yes, get back on was, track game for, that, for yeah, huge get back on track game. And that fourth and two on the goal line, getting the touchdown again, that was the biggest. Fuck you, I have seen in a while from an NFL team. That was that was proving a point to Sean Payton, like, hey, thanks for coming, you know. It yeah, it was an impressive win for the Lions. I was happy to see our our rookies, Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. I still consider JMO a rookie. All those guys getting major looks, getting involved. Laporte is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And the defense, we were able to generate a pass rush, which is something that they have not had an ability to do. Now, granted, Aaron Glenn was sending a lot of, of blitzes, and that is not something that he likes to do. And it's risky. I don't think you're going to be able to play like that every week. But the Lions have C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming back. They have James Houston coming back to help bolster the pass rush. So they, if that defense can just be league average and that offense can play like they did. And, Mike, a little fun fact for you here. That's the fifth game this season where our starting five offensive line has played. Mike, Jared Goff when he has those five guys playing O-line, in those five games, he has a passer rating of over 120. Jeez, even with the wobble balls? Even, yes. So Remarkable. So you get that, you keep that O-line healthy, lines can play with anybody. It's just that defense, that defense I, still ha- I still have some uh, question marks moving forward and you know we'll get to that as we get more into some playoff coverage here in a few weeks but mike i want to look at the other side of the field as well sean payton and the broncos they were rolling up to that point oh broncos country let's ride well let me look at let me this was a setup game for the broncos hindsight being 2020 this is this was their third game in 11 days they are a little gassed, and you pair that with Sean Payton. Man, I'm a Lions fan, but I can tell you the Broncos got screwed out of out of a touchdown. I mean, it oh, wouldn't have, yeah. the way the game played, the way the game played out, it really wouldn't have made a difference. But that was some gross mismanagement by the Broncos staff, not throwing the challenge flag once on either of those two touchdown plays. That and then Sean Payton looking at Russell Wilson like he was going to murder everything. 
I, yeah, I don't. He can't. Russell can't throw the challenge flag. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I Sean, whatever he did. I mean, I he uh, clearly he messed up somewhere along the line. But he should turn around and yell right back for you for squandering two opportunities to win a challenge and get a touchdown on the board. Yeah, that that but was over, that was rough. So, Overall, I think if I'm a Broncos fan, they've got their last three games. It's it's a pretty favorable schedule for them. I still think that your playoff hopes are are very well alive. And Mike, let's let's do this. We'll get get into the Broncos a little more. Do you think year one with Sean Payton has been a success? Would you consider like let's say. Let me just here. Let me before before you answer that question. Let me give you. They play the Patriots this week, so that that's going to be a dub for the Denver. Yeah, they've got the Patriots, Chargers, and Raiders to end the year. So, Mike, they go nine and eight, ten and seven, wild card berth. Would you consider that a successful first year for Sean Payton? Oh yeah, huge success because they had uh, Jerry Judy's not the guy. Cortland Sutton's there. I mean that's and then Mims, Tim Patrick was Mims out. Is, Mims is starting to turn no, things. He's yeah, he is. Like a, I'm like just saying, rookie. like, oh yeah, yeah. I think Mims is good in in Sutton, but um, Jerry Judy's not the guy. They lost Tim Patrick at the beginning of the year. I think Jerry's good, but and then uh, the whole running back situation not the greatest. I think Sean Payton, from what they were last year, has transformed the team. Now it'll give me till the end. Let me feel it out next year also to see if it was worth all the picks that they paid for him. Yeah, I agree. Because they're going to be a little high and dry this year and next year. Or, or, or next year and the year after, I'm sorry. But they gave up everything for him. He did turn the team around. They are doing better, but I need to see what's going to happen next year for me to be like, yeah, he was worth all those picks. But right now... With what they got, I'd say he's coaching just as good as, you know, the top three coaches. Yeah, they need to, they really need to hit on a running back. They're running back by commission. I mean, you got Samaj P. Ryan is, is your, is essentially your RB1. I mean, it, they need to hit on a running back, but I think a lot of that roster, their defense is rock solid. The, and now they got torched on on saturday by the lions but again I, that was kind of a setup game for the for the broncos i look at yeah i look at their need for running back a uh, running back and maybe bolstering yeah because if if you're out on judy i mean you're gonna need you're gonna need somebody else a little jordan humphrey he had a nice game he's he uh is he going to be that guy going forward? I'm not sure. I mean, it's year four for him, so there's yeah, a lot there's to some, see. There's some there's some questions there. The roster's close. I think they're definitely a lot closer on defense than they are offense. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see with the limited draft capital that they have if they're able to hit, or if they try moving some player moving some pieces around like a Jerry Judy to try to bolster their draft stock. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's had a decent enough year where I think they can get something, but I think they need to shoot for a running back. Uh, there's 
some people and some reports have been saying Derrick Henry ain't very happy with what the Titans got going on for only getting nine touches for zero yards. Or yeah, not, no, whatever. No, Mike. So, you know, a little Derrick Henry I know Henry you love action. Derrick Henry, but man. That's a lot of miles. The tread is off the tires there. Even if it's miles, that's another <laughs> fucking center. That's another tackle. Just throw him in front of, you know, Russell Wilson. He can just stand there with his arms out, and he's going to get somebody. So there you go. There you have it. And then Russell's still got some, you know, legs left. He can do something. Kyle? Yeah, he's he's a game manager at this point in his career, but Peyton has definitely – Peyton's play calling and how, how they're running that offense, it's definitely extended the career of russell wilson if he wants to keep playing for you know a couple more years we're gonna move on from this we're gonna hit up our segment coming up i got three questions for you kyle and they're gonna take some thinking out of you kyle do you believe the jags still have what it takes Kyle. Man, I'm not sure. I think Trevor Lawrence is more banged up than he leads on. The Colts have been resurgent. The Texans, tough. Mike, I think, you know, I love the Jags. I love Duval County. I've never been to Duval County, but I like saying Duval County. It's like your second home. They might be in some trouble. Yeah. Be- Lawrence, and, Lawrence and concussion protocol. They've got the Bucks next week, which is going to be a tough game. Calvin then Ridley's a can, non-factor. If they can survive the Panthers. and If they can survive the Panthers and the Titans, end up 10 and 6. I think think that's gonna be enough to get the division but man it's the afc south is a is it's a tight race right now so i don't think the jags have what it takes so i i i see an early exit for them they're just there's too many things going on right now and i hate that because i was really high on them to start the year but they're just they're kind of fading out here down the stretch there you have it kyle are there actually any teams tanking for Caleb at the moment with the Panthers win? I know the Panthers got their quarterback, but you know, damn well, New England's still out shooting. You got all these dead ass teams still fighting and slugging away. Is anybody really tanking right now? Have you gotten that feel from any team yet? I thought I did. No, but I, I haven't. See, I, I, the few teams that are at the bottom that are in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes don't need a quarterback. Carolina with Bryce Young. Now, I guess let me let me reel that statement back. <laughs> Whoever the Panthers bring in as a head coach, maybe there's a chance they don't want Bryce Young. It could be like a Josh Rosen in Arizona situation where the Panthers back-to-back years draft a quarterback 
with their first pick going from Josh Rosen to uh, Murray. Was it Kyler? I mean, Josh Rosen get, was yeah, the quarterback it before like, him. It feels like Rosen's been, it feels like Josh Rosen's a hundred, but yeah, <laughs> they went from, yeah, they went from Rosen right to Kyler in one year. So who knows if it, whoever the Panthers bring in, maybe if they want to bring in their own guy, they bring in Caleb Williams, but Arizona's got a QB with Kyler. That contract's too big to dump yet. Washington has talked like Sam Howell's going to be their guy, and Sam Howell honestly has played pretty well. Patriots can't tank because Belichick's leaving, so he's got no reason to tank. That's what I'm saying. It's just, I mean, it's weird. Yeah, Giants? there's a lot of Giants, teams that are kind of in this weird space. I think the Giants are going to end up with the quarterback. Daniel yeah. Jones is done. And Mr. Whatever, Tommy DeVito over here um, yep. got laughed out. I mean, I was laughing. Yeah, every everybody gets behind a quarterback when they have one. Good for the kid for having a good performance. I loved it. for the Not the last game, but the game before, week 14. But week 15 was a joke and i know they're gonna have back welcome back to reality yeah and i know they're gonna have their bad games and everything but people it's like a, a, a good quarterback is just a lost thing like you have to do the da vinci code to fucking find one and everybody just hypes up one good game like zach wilson week 14 he went on that Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody was now, Zach, 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 Zach. Now they want to. Well, he died again. He died this yeah, past yeah, week. Yeah. He got help. injured. But it's like, take a break. Let it ride. Don't get too much hype because all that hype from the entire city is like, like Tommy DeVito. Everything's going to his head, I think, to where he's total stupid side note he was supposed to go to a restaurant and the restaurant was going to pay him ten thousand dollars to come do a showing there and then he upped it to twenty thousand after he lost the game like is all this fandom from one good game or two good games getting to people's heads like the the vikings quarterback the one that came from arizona what was his name josh dobbs yeah josh dobbs did his two good games just really in the whole town just get get in their head or, or what yeah I, I i i'm not sure what this has to do with drafting a quarterback but well uh, because every, well yeah, what i'm saying is like i i don't is the quarterback such a lost thing is what i'm what i'm getting at because teams are having such a hard time finding rookies that are just worth it well there's no guarantees. I mean, Mike, you look at you look at quarterbacks get drafted in the first round overall. I mean, it's and then what they go what they go on to for a career. I mean, it's very rare to draft a Pat Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or you know Joe Burrow. Well, I'm not saying all star, no but there's no guarantee you're going to get it. Lately, it's been seeing like there's nobody, but I think there's like Gardner Minshew. There's, I think there's great high caliber quarterbacks that are undrafted or not undrafted, but not picked up, still on waivers, stuff like that, that aren't being utilized. 
and people pour all the chips into their first round pick instead of trying to rebuild. Everybody wants to dump everything they got at a quarterback because they just think it's so high and mighty. I New York Jets. What? New York Jets. We're going to pay Aaron Rodgers and it's going to oh, solve yeah. all our issues. Exactly. We don't have an offensive line. Exactly. See, this is kind of where I'm going with like, I know it took me a little bit more words to get there, but do you think a lot of these teams should park the brake on drafting quarterbacks right off the bat? Well, no, no. I mean, okay. Let, let's look at this from a different way. Mike, there's six teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention, mathematically eliminated. Yes. Now, I'm going to rattle them off, and you tell me whether they need a quarterback or not. Okay. Carolina, do they need a quarterback? No, they need to see what Bryce Young can do. New England. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Arizona, no. No, can't afford one. Washington. No. No. Jets. Still got Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers. for another year. So, no. Yeah. Tennessee. No, they got Will, Will Levis. Levis. No. So, that's the thing. You got six of the worst teams in the league, and none of them need a quarterback. So, this is going to be one of the more interesting drafts. Mike, Which we will be at. You ask if, you ask if, teams, should, if, if teams should stamp Pat with maybe a – just middle of the road QB. Like a Ryan Tannehill my, my, or something. My answer to that is yes. Build up the lines, build up the trenches, and then and then get your quarterback in there that's protected and has the opportunity to sit behind a veteran for a few years and go that route. That's that seems to be the prevailing method in the in the uh NFL that's that's leading to these teams' success. You had Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith. You had Rogers sitting behind Favre, and there's just a lot of examples out there where this is played, where this has played out, and it has worked. You know, you had Ta- you had Levis sitting behind Tannehill to start the year. I mean, I could go on. So, yeah, I think. I think there's an avenue out there where, especially as of late, like you said, a lot of the quarterbacks haven't hit. I could see teams not thinking quarterback first, thinking O-line, D-line first, and then grabbing a quarterback a little later on. I just got one more question just around this topic, and then we're going to move to the next one. Do you think Team 3 also messed up because we were doing some Broncos talk? Uh, do you think that will be a team that pulls a quarterback this year's draft since it's going to be such an odd, odd no, draft? No, no, Okay, enough said. No, that's another contract they can't afford to drop. All right, Kyle, do you believe the 49ers are the best team in the NFL by a long shot? Best team in the league, yes. By a long shot, no. I still think Baltimore can keep pace with them. Top five, Kyle, go. Uh, San Fran, one. Baltimore, two. 
Just say it. Just say it because you're going to. Miami three. Oh. I'll go Dallas four. And Eagles or Lions five between Philadelphia and Lions. Interesting. Philadelphia, I think, Scott. Philadelphia. So we're filming. We're we're recording this episode Monday night. Monday night football between the Eagles and Seattle hasn't happened yet. I need to see how that game goes before I decide because Eagles got Matt Patricia calling plays now on defense, and I know how that goes. So, <laughs> how does that go, Kyle? Are you not a fan of it? It's not. It's not good. Do you if, not like if, Matt if Patricia? I'm an Eagles fan. I'll tell you right now that <laughs> if I'm an Eagles fan, that check engine light is flashing. You need to pull over immediately. Because Matt yeah. Patricia calling your plays is death. Oh, yeah. All Lions fans love him. All right, Kyle. Loathe entirely. We can't talk hate, about fantasy. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> We're not going to talk about fantasy much because... You're out of it. And I'm dead. You're dead as well. I, I, I'm in the playoffs so. in a different league, and it's looking like I'm going to be in the Super Bowl. But, you know, there's me, you know. All right, Kyle. All right. We're rolling into next week, week 16. What do you got yeah. for the first game? Starting off, we've got, we've got a low-key good matchup on the Bezos Network. Two teams vying for their wild card lives. You got the New Orleans Saints rolling into LA to take on Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, and the surprising LA Rams. Rams favored by four and a half. Kyle. I need the Saints to win. You need the Saints? Why do you need the Saints to win? I need the Rams to get out of there. For my sweet, sweet Green Bay Packers. I mean, both these teams are ahead of your Packers, though. I know, but... They're both 7-7. Seven and seven. I know, but the Rams look a lot... The Rams are probably going to win. I need the Saints to win because the Saints are broken soul still. Okay, so I need you to pick who you think is going to win, not Rams. what your heart wants and what's going to happen. You Rams are taking it at home. Rams are taking Ram it Ram Ranch. Ram- I'm not going to say it, but yes, Ram Ranch. <laughs> yeah, I got the Rams. Derek Carr has been broken. Stafford's been having a nice year. Uh, you still got Cooper Cup out there getting wide open. Nakua's having a good year. Kyron Williams. I mean, uh, the Rams are they're a subtle team. So yeah, I like the Rams. I think the Rams do end up taking one of the wild card spots in the NFC, and I think this game helps bolster that uh, that seeding. So yeah, give me the Rams. Game number two. Well, give me a second here. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Game number two. Schedule's being slow. Packers versus okay, Panthers. Okay, I, I go ahead. Packers versus Panthers. Who are you taking? Oh, <laughs> why are you choosing this? Just because you like the Packers? No, I'm choosing because I want to hear your thoughts. If I should just leave my life or not. 
Panthers, one of the hottest teams in football right now, after a huge <laughs> victory over the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the spread start. The spread opened at minus four. Packers minus four. It's up to minus four and a half. Just say it, Kyle, so I can smile. <sighs> Give me the Panthers. Are you serious? Give me the Panthers. Are you serious? And they put a bullet in the Packers season. Are we putting money on this, Kyle? We're not putting money on this. Mike, go ahead and tell the fans that you think the Packers are going to win. The Packers are going to throttle fuck the Panthers. Okay. At home. Anyways. Okay, game three, and I'll let you pick four. All right. All right. Game three. We have the two Florida teams matching up. Oh, Florida man one versus Florida man two. And I'd put them both at the kind of the same, you know, area of expertise and skill level. And it's I understand the Buccaneers are gonna have home field advantage, but the Jaguars play their their fans are gonna go up there too. So it's a wash. Down there. Down there, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Who you got? I like the Bucks. Baker Mayfield last week goes into Green Bay, and I don't think any of us expected him to go out and throw up a perfect passer rating in Lambeau. He looked good. And I think they're going to carry that momentum against a Jags team that looks very vulnerable. Uh, the spread opened. It was Jags minus one and a half. It's down to minus one. I I could see this being a bridge crossing. And by the time this game kicks off, I could see the Bucks being favored. So I, if, if you're betting, I'd, I'd get that Bucks minus one, while, or I'd get that Bucks plus one while you still can. Uh, give me the Bucks at home. I'm taking the Jaguars. You think they're gonna? You think this is a bounce back for him, huh? I think this is a bounce back. I think if uh, Lawrence clears the concussion protocol, and literally if they get Calvin Ridley involved, I think they will be successful. Travis Etienne is a fucking bell cow, and he cannot be taking all this stuff that he's been doing lately. I know Trevor Lawrence started out really hot. He's really taken down this. I They know it's make or break it. I think the city's going to be behind them. They're going to show up in Tampa Bay. I think the Jaguars are going to take down the Buccaneers at home and not go Baker down a peg. And I know we're going to have to do five games because my Packers and Panthers was just a fluke. And I know there's two games on here that you're going to want to talk about, but what's our fourth one, Kyle? Game number four, Dallas rolling into South Beach to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins favored by one and a half. Mike, you know what to do here. Dolphins taking it at home. That's right. Easy. Easy. At home. Yeah, I think this is another. I think it's two ugly weeks in a row for Dallas. I think Miami blows them out of the water. Miami at home is a different animal. They are a different animal, even though they lost to the uh, the Texans, or not the Texans, the Titans. Yeah, they are a different animal at home, and uh, 
Yep. I'll I'll take the Dolphins too on that. I I think it's gonna be closer than what you're into. So are you thinking like ten point game or something or more? Uh yeah, I think it'll be a double digit win for Miami. Oh shit. Okay, fifth game, Kyle. Just say it because we all know Santa Claus is yep. coming to town with who? Chris, Christmas night. You got the Harbaugh, the, what used to be known as the Harbaugh Bowl. Baltimore taking on San Fran. Mike, I honestly think this is our Super Bowl preview. That'd be 49ers. What's that? That'd be pretty fucking sick. Would you be okay with the you like right now, like you had to sign your life away, you'd be okay with the Baltimore San Fran Super Bowl? Oh yeah. All day. Yeah, I think I would be too. So 49ers spread opened at 49ers minus five. It is out to five and a half now. Man, I don't know. I uh this game's gonna go two ways. I I don't see it being a close game. I think the 49ers on all sides of the ball are just too sharp. And if Debo they have too many weapons that they can do. The Ravens, their one flaw is I'm a firm believer that a big flaw that they have is not getting one running back involved. That was three running backs going yesterday running back by committee in 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 baltimore and it's like as we talked about earlier with like dalvin cook and Brees hall dalvin cook couldn't get anything going you don't have a running back that can keep something going at all i know mitchell got hurt and he's out but it's still gus edwards and um justice hill and i'm sure they'll bring another third one in they and, and they run um Lamar Jackson more. That's their one big flaw is they, they don't let a running back get going because everybody knows Lamar is gonna run it. I think the 49ers lock that down. I think they take it by you know, touchdown. 49ers are winning at home. Mike, you better, you bring up some good points, but Mike, that that running game has it doesn't matter you or i could be in the backfield for baltimore and we could put up 50 yards rushing i mean it's they are built to run the football and 49ers have yet to face a rushing attack like baltimore's so you know what i think i think this is going to be an upset i think baltimore is going to go out to san fran and i think baltimore is going to take take the dub here so give me Lamar and the Ravens. Oh man. All right. There it is, folks. There it is. Kyle, this is gonna be an interesting week. We'll be in Michigan. I'll be able to put my bets in with a smile on my face. And um yeah, let's close it out. Wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Yes, guys, thanks. Guys and gals, thank you for listening into the podcast. Make sure you give us a like, follow, and subscribe. And we will not be recording until after Christmas. So everybody have a Merry Christmas. And we will be talking to you 
next week, week 17, we will have a good idea of what the playoff picture is going to look like. Start talking some seeding, potential matchups. Very, very exciting stuff. So with that being said, Kyle and Mike signing off. Talk to you next week.